fam, love and salutations, good people. Thank you for tuning in to the Slow Wealth Podcast. We are Kendra. And Ramon. As we have with our previous podcast, we start with a powerful motivational quote. It starts by saying, happiness does not depend on what you have or who you are. It solely relies on what you think. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> you a trip. So when you think you have to get to a certain goal to attain something that you want or to become a certain type of person, that is not always going to bring you happiness. Obviously, we know some of the super elite, rich, and famous aren't the happiest people. It's all about your mindset. That's true. They're probably wiping their tears with $100 bills, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, hey, you know, it's all about what you think. You got to, you gotta, you know, drop tokens of positivity and motivation and affirmation in your life. You know, it. everything builds from inside out. That is true. That is true. All right. So, Ramon, give us a synopsis of the current housing market. Same as it was last week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Y'all, yeah. I am so sorry if I sound drained. I have not been able to sleep the last couple of nights because Ramon likes to watch the first 48, as he has <laughs> been doing the last couple of nights and I don't like stuff like that before I go to bed because I think about it like somebody gonna come in kicking our door and then it's gonna be like one of those we gonna be on the first 48 or something and you uh-huh. gonna start snitching all I know is <laughs> I just can't watch stuff like that before I go to sleep like that messes with me that messes with my whole aura but you'll watch shows like like I said, like Luther. Okay, Luther is a cerebral show. You're watching how he attains, or excuse me, obtains the the um, the case, and and how like. <laughs> and they be on there killing each other. No, they Cut do not. And they show it. No, they do not. It's just a really good cerebral show. No, it's a good show, but I mean, the first four days they don't show. Like, thing they might just show the body, but you know the but funniest it's thing real. is when they get it's in. like real life. No, I'm That's saying, disturbing. Yeah, and it's if they was really showing, like the bodies and like would be done, you know, what's done to them. But yeah, but they, they just talk show about it. what's done to it, and if you have an imagination, you can just about see how everything pans out. Is it worse than watching the news? Who who in this house watches the news? Exactly. So I I, I watch first forty eight every now and then. I just started watching it again. So okay, but it's been I haven't been able to sleep since you've been watching, and I've been up like okay. I've slept pretty who, good. Who who killed Ray Ray? Little who? Mookie killed. See, I don't, I don't like them kind of shows. I, oh, I just don't. Oh. Not before I go to bed. It's just oh man, it really messes me up. Yeah, you want to watch Ugly Betty? I don't want to watch that. I like happy shows that will make you laugh. You know, lighthearted shows. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we got off topic. Just Can you give us a quick synopsis of the housing market? Yes, I can. So 
the housing market is uh, actually really good. And if you kind of read and go back to how it was back in like 2005, six, maybe even seven, and I know we weren't investing then, but if you kind of kept up on the market or seen things, like it was really booming back then too, mm -hmm. uh, before 2008 happened. Um, and what's happening now is that people are getting properties at real historic, low, historically low interest rates, yeah. like under 3%. Um, and what it is, is it's really opening the doors for a lot of owner-occupy uh, buyers to to basically own property that they six you know six months ago probably wouldn't have been able to afford uh, because the interest rate were higher. Um, or you mean like last year? So, because like last year they were close to five percent. Like for depending on, you know I guess what time, but you're talking about almost a two percent difference. So that that's. That's kind of like you going to get a $900,000 property, you know, a year ago, last year, to where now you could probably actually afford it. And you might even cash flow a little bit. Um, so that, the, the, the problem with that is that now, as soon as people are putting uh, uh, properties on the market, they're not spending much time. They're, they're pending, like, almost right away. And um, it's it's really a buyer's market. It's a seller's market. I'm sorry. Um, and so you have investors who are really competing with uh, owner occupy buyers. Mm -hmm. And the owner occupiers, I think, in a lot of situations are are outbidding the investors because as an investor, you're not you're not living on that on the site. So your interest rate is not going to be as low as someone who using the FHA loan, for example, right? Because they're getting that under 3%. You're getting investor interest rates. You might be paying 5 6%. So what that does is that forces you to either give the owner or the seller more money for the property or just back out. The owner-occupied buyer, they can now offer that seller more just to win the bid to get that property mm -hmm. because their interest rate is lower. So they have room to play with, so to speak. Right. Um, and so it's kind of a bidding war out here. And it's, it's kind of a situation where, um, well, it's a bidding war. Let me say it like that. It's a very big bidding war, but the, the problem with this is, is that you may have a lot of people who are going to overpay for a property mm -hmm. because what it does is if if let's say you put an offer in on 10 properties and you keep getting you know outbid it kind of like how we you know how we did and you say you know what the next property i'm gonna make sure i get it and let's say they put it out there for five hundred thousand, and you're you have a lower interest rate you might say well i'll give you 550 just so i can outbid everybody else that doesn't mean that that's a good deal. You may be overpaying for that property, which may come out, you know, down the line, you know, that you overpaid. So um, some of the other 
things I do want to point out, um, like right now as far as the market, is because of the COVID and you have the CARES Act, um, a lot of people, in my opinion, a lot of people who have government-backed loans, uh, which is most owner-occupied buyers, um, some of those properties, I think, are really going to start coming up for sale because you have tenants who you can't evict because of the, the moratorium on evictions. And a lot of them know that. So if if they can't pay rent, or even if they can, and they feel like, well, I just want to save my money, you can't evict them. But you still got to pay your loan. But if you have a government-backed loan, you don't have to pay it. But what that does is that forces you as a as the owner to go into forbearance. I thought that the moratorium um, on evictions uh, expires on July 25th. It may, but remember, the Senate, they're actually going to go in talks now, and that's going to be one of the things up for discussion, um, is extending the eviction moratorium, um, you know, extending the weekly benefit, the 600. I don't know if they're going to uh, do it again that high, but who knows. So it may get extended. Um, and in some parts of the country, actually, the moratorium is out till September. Oh. So you got to okay. think, a lot of those owners are what they call mom and pop owners. You know, a lot of them, they, they, they manage their own property. So if you got one, two, or three tenants and none of them are paying rent, um, you as a mom and pop owner, you may not be able to pay that whole mortgage because you, you rely heavily on those tenants. So now if you don't want to claim for forbearance, you got to pay out your own pocket. And who knows how long you can do that. So most of those, those, those owners, they're going to have to go into forbearance. And with the forbearance, you still got to pay that mortgage. But depending on your lender, they'll put it on the back end. Not all lenders are putting it on the back end. Yeah. That's the scary thing. They might, um, you know, they might uh, allow you to uh, not forbear, but what is it called? Def defer. Defer. Uh -huh. They may defer your payments for 60 to 90 days. And then you have to pay all of the back mortgage for either the 60 or 90 days that you have deferred. That's that's asinine to me. That's like, how how am I supposed to... When they, when they give you the loan, mm -hmm. they give you the loan and include the rent from those other tenants. If you're under FHA, VA, or USDA, um, government issued loans mm. so it's like they're not capable of paying me so how am I supposed to pay a mortgage and at that pay a mortgage plus what I had deferred like I have to give all that to you at once that's crazy when that's the issue because there's a lot of issues with the forbearance because they say that they won't report it to your credit but a lot of lenders are they're putting that on your credit report and it is affecting your credit report um, how much, how little, I guess just kind of just depends on, on, on you uh, or your credit, your individual credit. But um, like you said, the tenant still owes you that rent. 
and you still gonna owe that mortgage. So, like you said, some lenders are saying we'll give you ninety days, but at the end of the ninety days, you got to pay all that up front. Or some lenders are just tacking it onto your balance of your mortgage, and then at the end of your forbearance, you just go back to paying your mortgage, but you still owe that amount. It is basically like it extended your loan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really one. Of, it's really one of those things where I think for a lot of owners who do have those government back loans they may get scared and try to get out of it because they don't want another COVID to happen. And here it is, we have these tenants who's not paying rent and don't have to pay rent um, and don't have to pay rent and I can't evict them. Um, Because in some cities, even when they do open the courts back up, you're going to have an issue because some lawyers don't even want to touch that. Because they don't want to get in front of that judge, and the judge just throws it out. And say, look, well, you know, because of the you know coronavirus, they don't want a lot of homeless people, and they know once those courts open up, there's going to be thousands and thousands of evictions. Um, so that's another little issue. Uh, let's see what else I want to touch on. Section eight, which I think that should that'll probably be our next podcast. Um, Section eight. Well, what's going on right now is kind of really one good reason why Section 8 tenants are good to have. Because they're, got, they're, they're, they're backed by, you know, the federal, the HUD, that's guaranteed rent. So if, if you had a few, if you had a few uh, tenants that were Section 8 and let's say they were paying $1,000 a month, well, if the tenant is only paying 200 of that, but the HUD is paying 800 of that, then you know every first of the month, you're getting that $800 for sure. The other 200, you just got to get that from the tenant. But let's say they're having issues and they can't pay it. Well, at least you just got 80% of your money, 80% of your rent versus none of it if it's, if it's a tenant that's not Section 8. Um, so, you know... To be honest, that that that's one good reason why I would love to have Section 8 tenants at this time, uh, among other reasons. So, yeah, like I said, I think the next podcast we're really going to go into Section 8 because a lot of people are scared of you know Section 8 and all that other stuff. But I think we're going to kind of go into our our own experience and why we you know really like Section 8 and uh, why we feel it's good to have. Um, so I think. Uh, yeah, so one last thing. Okay. One last thing. I'm going to get into it. So as far as owner-occupiers, especially if you're new, is gonna. this is kind of a real tricky, dangerous time to be investing, so to speak, and I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. But because if you've been on some of these, uh, these real estate forums, listening to podcasts like this one on YouTube, and you're getting excited. Interest rates is low. So you got a lot of buyers in the market. That's owner occupiers and investors. A lot of places is hot. So you're gonna have a lot of bidding wars. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're so amped to get a property that you'll overpay for it. Right. Because what'll happen when you're overpaying for a property. 
you're over leveraging yourself. Um, an example of that is if you bought a, a four unit property, let's say, and let's say the market in that area is $1,300 a month for each, you know, two bedroom units. And let's say you just paid 800000 for that property. <laughs> and your mortgage is, I said, 800000 your mortgage would probably be about 5000 Well, shoot, no, with, with under 3% interest rate now, yeah, yeah it'd probably be around 5000 Okay. This is hypothetically. Now, you're bringing in 1300 for three units, because remember, you're living in one. So that's $3,900 a month. So you're paying, uh, what's that, $1,100 out, out of your pocket. And you say, okay, that's cool. I can do that. Because we know in a year we can move out and move somebody else in there. And now we're getting $5,200 a month. Right? Yeah. But let's say the market goes down again. COVID and let's say some other stuff happened. And let's say now you can't rent those units for $1,300 no more. Let's say the most you can probably rent those units is 1000 so now, if you're still living there, you went from getting $3,900 a month to, let's say, people moved out, you, you got to move some people in or whatever, to now you're going to get $1,000 a month. Now that's 3000 a month. Mm -hmm. And if you move out, that's another thousand. So you, four units, you only get 4000 a month. But remember, your mortgage is still 5000 which means now you got all your units rented, but you're still having to come out the pocket 1000 a month. And let's get, let's say hopefully hopefully you don't have to pay utilities or anything on that on that property. So you see what I'm saying? Like now you just put yourself in a bad position, where now you might just let the property go, or sell it, and now you may get less than what you paid for it. So now you underwater, as they say. So I'm saying that to say you really got to right now be kind of patient and really analyze your deal. And you have to analyze it in the sense that, okay, if something happens later down the line, and let's say, like you said, the rent is 1300 but let's say you can only get 1000 for that those units. Are you still, would that still pay the bills? Would you still be okay? Which means that you may not pay 800000 for that. You may say, look, I'm not paying over seven. And if somebody will give him eight, then cool, let them give him eight. Right. Walk away. Yeah, you assess all that prior to purchasing the property anyway. But you have to, don't do it for now. Because, you know, you might buy the $800,000 property. You say, oh, it's only, my interest rate is 3%. Right. So I can get in now. But you still may be overpaying. You have to know your market. You have to know what the rents are, where, where they will probably stay at. You know, if it's Section 8, not Section 8. You know, you want to buy it with some equity. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, fortunately we did. But So, yeah. That's the market. I gave a little long extended. Well, hey, we like uh, that. That you know. information definitely helps so people know um, and stay abreast of what's going on in the housing market, you know, via COVID. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because COVID has changed a lot of different things in the market. Um, I mean, it's in the real estate industry, period, in several industries, but it really has affected the real estate industry, which ultimately affects other industries also so we'll get into today we'll try to keep podcast. this a little short one today yeah, let's keep it a little short today but uh yeah we're gonna talk about uh 
we're going to talk about couples versus single property owners. All right. You ready? I'm ready. It's episode 10. Let's go. Okay. Get into it. All right. So, um, so as many of you know that Ramon and I um, are a couple that owns and manages, well, owns and self-manages our properties. Self-managed. Some of, yes. of, of our properties. And um, we've met a ton of couples like, you know, like us that are, you know, younger and uh, self-manages properties and just kind of, um, you do things by, you know, by tripping and picking yourself up. And, um, we've learned a lot along the way when it comes to investing and managing, self-managing our property because our mentor, as we mentioned before, he uh, and, well, they, um, a husband and wife couple, they self-managed their properties initially Mm -hmm. and and they were just kind of giving us you know some heads up of things to look for and they still do yeah they they still do Mm -hmm. and and, you know just different things that um we should we should do during the process of you know buying larger scale properties and uh, managing our property but there's a lot of things that we definitely had to figure out and we'll talk about the advantages and disadvantages of being a couple um, owning and managing our own property, as well as what uh, we've heard about single people owning and managing their properties. So Ramon, um, I'll ask you this question. What do you think, or what has the experience been like for you for us, self-managing and um, investing in properties. Like, give me, give an example. Oh my gosh, it's been so stressful. It's it's been good. It's been cool. It's it's all a it's all a learning uh, experience because you know anytime you're working with someone else whether it's your wife girlfriend boyfriend whoever you have to learn how to compromise how to come to agreements on something communication which is key um and you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses and you know your partners because you know i say and i think i've said before just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it. So, you know, in our case, you know, there was things that I'm good at or I like to do that you don't. And so we just, you know, say, okay, well, you do this and I'll do this. And you just come together like that. So, that answer the question. Yeah, I think you're right. You definitely have to have some interpersonal skills and you have to learn to discipline yourself because it's a very humbling experience. And you don't ever want the tenants or anyone that you do business with, whether it be a contractor, maintenance person, um, again, tenants, or if you um, are investing with other people, you don't want them to see any strife in how you uh, manage 
your properties, how you ha- how you run your business together, because that's ultimately ultimately, excuse me, what it is is you're running a business together. So you have to learn to keep some things out of it, and I think we've done a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Like not, you know, not. Um, I don't really want to say compromising, but it sometimes it can seem like that for some people. Um, like we're compromising our marriage for a business. It's it's kind of hard to keep things separate, but at the same time, it is a business, and you learn to, um, you just learn to be really humble because, as Ramon said, there are things that, you know, you you may be strong at that your partner is, you know, they they definitely you know have a sort of you know, just they, they're much better at um, maybe handling tenants or paperwork or organizational skills. You try to do everything, but uh, it, it doesn't work out because you also have to be a couple, whether you're a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, same sex, your friends or family or whatever, however the investment relationship is, you want to make sure that you're able to attain a you know your professionalism um with each other and have a higher level of respect because you're learning things about your partner that you may not have seen in a marriage that's like when you go to work every day I can't see who you are at work but when we work on stuff for the properties together I can see how you operate and then you know there's things that you know I'll have to so to speak, take a back seat on because I'm like, I'm not good at this. <laughs> this will never get done and it won't be right. And, you know, we could possibly get sued if something is, you know, incorrect. So I'll go to Ramon um, or if Ramon is like, hey, can you do this? But this is how you have to do it. Now, let's talk about that because, you know, at first I was kind of telling you, Kendra, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And you, you, you don't like that. He was a little mad about that. So, you know, how did we kind of work work that out? Oh, well, um, I had to humble myself, you know, because I'm being told by, you know, somebody I, I love and I have a, a different type of intimate relationship with. And then we enter into this business rapport, um, this business relationship. And it's like, well, what do you mean? I do stuff like this, you know, every day at my job. But with like handling um notices like three or ten day notices you know leaving that on a on the tenant's door legally there is a way that it has to be done and i wasn't aware of that i thought it was just you slap this you know this notice on a tenant's door (laughs) and make a copy and we good you know but Mm -hmm. there was a lot of other things that ramon had read you know that you know the process is um, or excuse me, the due diligence of how it should be done because if there was ever a time that, you know, if the tenant, you know, had to take us to court or whatever, they wanted to sue us, we want to be, you know, you want to be sure that you're covering your ass. So that definitely helped. But I think the biggest thing is you really have to humble yourself and you got to be ready to listen and have a receptive ear. That is true. So... What do you think the full advantage is of being a couple 
uh, managing a property? Well, for us, I think that, you know, it's all about the accountability that we, we're working together and, and, and we, if there's something that, like I said, with the notices that I'm doing incorrectly, you can easily correct that. You know what I mean? Like, because you and I trust each other enough. That's another thing you have to have. <laughs> if you don't trust your, your you girl. Trust, yeah. Uh-uh. You got to be very trusting because there's a lot going on and there's a lot, you know, slipping through your hands. And um, anyways, we trust each other enough to know that if Ramon tells me something, I'm going to do it. Uh, he might get a little, you know, like, well, why would I have to do this? You know, a lot of times I'm asking questions, though, because I want to find out why this has to be done um, because I am very inquisitive. But um, he he takes and he does. Ramon will take the time to say, hey, I'll sit you down and I'll explain it to you. Which he did not want to do that. At yeah, first. at first I really didn't because uh-uh. I was like, I know how to do this. I do paperwork all day long. I work with contracts and Blah, 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 blah. I know how to do that. And then he's like, no, this is a different industry. <laughs> this is, you know, this is different. These are people, you know, this is this is our livelihood. And, and if you want this to be our retirement plan, we're trying to be in it for a long time. So, you know, you got to take a, you know, you got to take a step back and just listen because I've been reading this or he, you know, Ramon was going to a lot of me. We both were going to meetings, but mine was more on a service. And Ramon was a little bit different because um, he was working more of the accounting, um, doing research on investing, and then doing research on managing um, the property and not managing the tenants. So that's kind of two different things. Um, so he was basically teaching me how to manage the property. But with me, I was teaching Ramon how to handle people. Because my degree is in the science of managing people and leadership. So I was kind of teaching him how to do that, how to how to learn, how to handle people. Um, because Ramon is an introvert. So you have to kind of, you know, exclude the, the comforts, the self-comforts that you have when you go into your introvertedness. Because you have to you have to come out of that because people will think sometimes your silence um, when it comes to some things with tenants, they'll think that your silence is, you know, almost like a green light, a green light, you know, like, hey, you're complicit in this. You said I can do this. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, I didn't say anything. But then you become complicit because you didn't say anything. You know, you were just like, this is who I am. I don't really, you know, like to talk to people. But with me. I was like, nah, I'll do that later. You know, he would put some papers on my desk and I'm like, what is this? This don't have to be done until this day. I'll I'll do that, you know, a couple of days before. I was like, no, you got to do it now. The reason why you got to do it now is because there's going to be another piece of paper that's going to come and another and another and another. And you want to make sure you have everything together. So um, that's the advantage. One person has, you play off each other's strengths. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was the other thing, too, about being in a relationship. I hate when you go to jobs and they say, well, what is your weakness? And it's like, for me, I've always like felt like, even in my degree program, I, I felt like 
why would I work on my weakness? I want to nurture and harness my strengths because that that's that's where I'm strongest. That's where it's going to work for me. I mean, I know my weaknesses are there. I if I know what they are, I'll do my best to make sure that um I'm excelling everywhere else. But that was the thing. We really played on each other's strengths. Where where I was weak, he was strong and vice versa. So that just kind of worked for us. Um, do you have anything to add? No, so what do you think is a disadvantage? A brief little disadvantage of, of working together as a couple. I think the disadvantage is you... Um, I don't want to say you kind of have... You know how some jobs have like that work-life balance? Mm. I don't really think that there is a work-life balance. Mm. And, and that kind of goes into... You know, us being couples that, you know, a couple, excuse me, a married couple that manages and um, invests in properties. Uh I think that it just kind of. It's that there's that line like. It's like this is business right now. We ain't talking about the relationship, but this is business. And I think for both of us. Anybody that really, really knows us, when it comes to business, oh, we totally different people. Like, you know, we're not laughing. There's We about business. That, that's just it. Um, and that's just how we are. You know, it, it's we are able to put on that hat, so to speak, mm-hmm. where we are handling business. We're talking business. We're talking proper. We ain't talking about... Oh, okay. Well, what are we doing tonight? We're going to the movies. <laughs> no, we handling business, you know, and, and we had to, um, we did have to get disciplined to get to that point. That actually didn't take very long for either one of us because we didn't see an upside to crossing that line um, where it was just business and personal, you know, just kind of. Um, swirl together I don't think that would have worked that would work for us Mm. but we're not all business if there's something that happens that is a personal um, it's personal for us we'll address that but you know when we're when we're in the the business mindset that's it you know that's what it's about the other disadvantage is um if you yourself I'm not pointing the finger at anybody but if you yourself aren't mature enough to handle the criticism that you might receive from the person you love it can be really difficult to handle so you have to learn how to handle that and not take things personally they are your partner isn't attacking your character they're just telling you you know hey you're great at the, and, and there's a way too in which you should be wording things according to the personality of the you know of that person you love um you don't want to be an asshole and just start you know antagonizing them and being condescending or you know real coy you want to make sure that you you know hey you know maybe we should take a break or you know let's step out let's go for you know let's go for a walk our thing was mm-hmm. for a while we would go hey let's go grab something to eat or you know, whatever, or let's sit down and watch something. Let's get our mind away from this, you know, and, and maybe discuss some things. But at first, it was kind of like, well, why are you talking to me like that? And, you know, I would get a little, I would get a little, um, I don't want to say emotional, but I would, I would, 
well, I guess you could say that because I would get in my feelings. I would be like, well, why the hell are you talking to me like that? Like, I am not your employee. And then it's like, you know what? Nah, humble yourself because this, this ain't about, you know, like him attacking you. He's just trying to make things easier and he wouldn't be an asshole about it. It was just, you know, more or less how I interpreted some things. What about you, Ramon? What What are the disadvantages? Or the advantages and disadvantages? Well, no, I mean, you said all of them. It was oh, okay. all right. Uh, I think the advantages, you know, two, you know, four eyes better than two. So, you know, two heads better than one. So the advantage right there, that's, you know, as long as you guys can get get along and you, the communication is there, it could be great. Um, disadvantages... I think one thing I, I could think of is you both being on the same page because I might look at doing something a certain way and you may not. Mm-hmm. You may think we should do it this way. So now we got to, okay, let's agree on something. Or I may just say, hey, okay, you know what? We'll do it your way, you know, and uh, hopefully it turns out good. If not, we'll go back and uh, try it a different way. So, you know, as far as being single, I think everything we just said probably won't apply to you, right. you know, because you're doing it all on your own. And it's not that it can't work because there's a lot of uh, single owners out there, uh, you know, probably divorcees, you know, split up for a marriage or whatever. Or somebody or out of college, college or high school mm-hmm. that just wants to invest. Parents gave them something. Um, you know, it's, it's a bunch. Um, and I think the more you know the more you grow. So you can do it on your own, but you uh, your your growth will be stunted at a certain point because you can't do it all on your own forever. You know, you can try. Some people right. try. I'm probably one of those people. Yeah, uh, you are. And, and, you know, sometimes it's tough because you know how you want things done. And when you can't get those people to do it, how you feel like it should be done then you're quick to be like, you know what, I'll do it. Yeah, because it's just easier. I know how I want it done. And one more thing, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to add is it's not always about doing what's easy when it comes to the process of managing things. It's about what's doing right. Yeah, with real estate, you have to, there's things that you have to make sure that you do it by by the law. Because if anything is out of place, if you do anything wrong, it can set you back. And there's a lot of tenants out here that know the law. Uh, when you're talking about the landlord-tenant law, or they have lawyers or you know whoever that can tell them how to do certain things. And if you're not up on that, you, you'll find yourself between a rock and a hard place. And that was one of the issues that we had was because... I'm learning how to, like she said, serve notices and write up certain things. And, uh, you know, and for her, you know, she, like most people, they're like, oh, what you mean? All I got to do is just fill this out. It's like, yeah, but if you fill this notice out, you fill it out this way, you have to attempt to give it to them in person or knock on the door. If they don't answer, you have to put it on the door. But then now you also got to go and mail them the same copy. And it has to be on the same day that you gave the notice to them on the door and you have to get what they call a certificate of mailing. So which proves that you mailed the notice. If you don't do it like that, and let's say you were uh, putting a notice of um, non-payment of rent, 
and then they didn't pay or whatever, and you end up having to go to court. When you get to court, which could be weeks out, the judge is going to look and see how you served that notice and did you mail it out? No, I didn't mail it. I, I gave it to them, though. They weren't at home, and I put them in the door. They're going to throw it out. Mm-hmm. And now you got to start that process all the way back over. And you're going to look at how much time and money you just wasted. So it's just really, if a, you know, if you don't know the process and the other person does, you just got to listen to them. Being single, a lot of times there's some things you're going to have to find out by, by yourself because it's just you. So, you know, you want to make sure that you have help. Um, so let's move on. Um, Handling tenant disputes. No, no, no. Let's go to assigned duties. Oh, assigned duties. Just oh, real yeah. quick. Just, just how do we, you know, how do we, how do we do that? Well, um, for assigned duties, we did it according to um, our, our personal strengths. So Ramon was the um, key decision maker in um, most of our real estate um, aspirations. So um, when it came to managing the property, there were things that I knew he would be stronger at and there were things he knew I would be stronger at. Remember, we weren't totally focused on the weaknesses because we would have to work on those together and that was where the research came in speaking to other people um reading or you know attending meetings that's where we we you know we educated ourselves on our weaknesses now let me say something real quick because mm-hmm. i think early on i knew my weakness and your strengths and i and i already knew my strengths but so this is what I did. I didn't tell you this, but this is what I did. Mm-hmm. I knew that you, being an extrovert, had no problem with talking with people. You didn't let certain things get to you. Um, and certain things like that may get to me where I may not want to deal with tenants. Mm-hmm. Unless it became something very serious, then I'm like, okay, then I'll take care of it. But certain things I let you do because I'm like, okay, she likes to talk to people. She and she, she, uh, the person might say something crazy to her, and she'd be like, "Whatever." Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that is how you is. So I ain't like that. So you know, I'm like, okay, well, I let her serve the notices or go tell the tenant this or whatever. You know, you was cool with it. That that was fine. When it came to paperwork, that was me. Yes. You like, no, nah, I don't want to do all that. And I'm like, cool, I'll do it. When it came to uh, record keeping. So, like, putting all the leases, notices, and everything um, in the computer, you were good at that. And you like to do that. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So, I leave, I leave that to you. Uh, maintenance, that was me. You wasn't about to go fix no dishwasher or no, no. garbage disposal and all that crap. Um, meetups. I did like to go to the meetups. I actually really enjoyed it. We both went to meetups. We both did. But, so, like, when I would go to the meetup, I would meet with people, but I was getting more of the information that they was teaching. When you went, you was getting that, but when you went, it was different because you being an extrovert, you made more contact with people and connections. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, where I wasn't doing that because being an introvert, it was you know, a little harder for me to come on my shelf. It became natural to you, so when you go to, you know, you may not have a lot of information on what was really talked about you, but you like, hey, I met this woman, and she owns this many units, and she's doing this, and they want to meet us, and 
you meet like three, four people every time you go. <laughs> so I use that to our advantage. Now, I don't want to say it like I use you, but I knew that was your strength mm-hmm. and that was my weakness. So, you know, when you're working with someone, it is very good to know, like we said before, your strengths and your weakness because you can play on that. Um, so, you know, with the assigned duties, that's how we did it. Um, disadvantages of that is if you don't know the person that you with, and you don't know who likes to do what, or you're trying to do something that you're not good at. Mm-hmm. So that's going to turn out bad. Um, being single, again, you're doing all this by yourself. Just imagine being single, having to keep records, uh, do maintenance. You know, if you're going to meet up, you know, meet different people, handling the tenants and their disputes and whatever else comes with that, um, serving notices, Collecting rent. Collecting rent. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Your paperwork for taxes. Oh my god. That just took us. I mean, I did it, but that took like, shoot, I think about a week. Mm -hmm. Just getting everything that you need to get to the tax guy. Um, It's a lot of stuff that you got to do. That if you if you single, if you're just doing it by yourself, it's crazy. It it'll probably discourage you. So it really really helps to have somebody um, that you can work with. Now he and Ramon isn't saying somebody like you need to be a couple to invest. He's saying like if <laughs> if you have to do the accounting, get an accountant. Don't try to you know don't try to do all that work by yourself. If you can get an assistant or someone to assist you know get or get some sort of tool that will allow you to upload paperwork or. Um, they got virtual become, assistants. Out yeah, here. become a part of an organization. That's where the meetups came came in at we were a part of real estate organizations or meetups that involved um you know the totality of real estate or investing or something like that you know you you definitely want to figure out how to make your life easier so you're you know you're maintaining your personal life you know being single or being a couple too you want to maintain some sort of personal life but you want to have a you know your process is streamlined of how you manage your property and how you purchase new properties and leveraging and all that other stuff. You want to make sure it's streamlined and it, and it works, excuse me, it works for you because, um, some people that we would like, I would meet at the meetups that were, um, by themselves, they would be like really impressed, um, that at the time we owned a property in Seattle and then, you know, this one here and I was going back and forth. And I was still, you know, going out to, you know, brunch with them or whatever. And they would be like, how are you guys doing that? And I'm like, well, he's there. I'm here, you know, temporarily. But we fly back and forth just to, you know, make sure we're keeping an eye on our property. But it worked because it was it was us. We had to come with a system that made our life easier. And sometimes we would literally like, you know just you know sit down and have a conversation and it would just all it would be all about just real estate just about our investments or how we should do this or how we should do that so we were figuring things out together as well and as i said before you really do have to humble yourself not hum- humble yourself so much where you're holding your tongue you you still want to be vocal about things if something doesn't sound right but you just have to really be able to be perceptive to the information that you're receiving because it becomes hard. But anyway, going back to being single, 
use those tools. There's so many different tools out there. I mean, if you have any questions, of course, you can, you know, email us at invest and we'd be glad to provide you with, you know, some options and tools that we use um, to make our lives easier so that we're not, uh, <laughs> we're not, you know, day and night, you know, fixing on something with the property or, you know, trying to chase um, some papers or receipts, you know, from three, four years ago. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. And also uh, systems and software and uh -huh. stuff like that. That also makes your life easier. Yeah. One other thing is, uh, you know, if you have a couple, if you're a couple or you know, have a partner or whatever, you know, you can go out to eat, go out to lunch and that's and you talk about real estate. You talk about the, the property. Right. That's a business uh, meeting. That's a tax write off. Now, I don't know if you can do that with yourself, by yourself, you know. <laughs> but, you know, if you're a couple or you, somebody you're working with the property, you can go out to eat, go out to lunch, and, you know, just briefly talk about real estate, you know, about the property. And that is a tax write-off. So that's just a little something if y'all didn't know. A little gem. Um, all right, so handling tenant uh, disputes. Good cop, bad cop. Um, now... I'm going to speak on this real quick, and I'm going to let you kind of say because we kind of did do this. I don't know if we even talked about it. We probably did. <laughs> I think it just kind of happened. Think, yeah, it might have just kind of happened. Cause, it you was know, so matter-of-factly. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was because, like I said, I I prefer not to talk to the tenants. You know, and I, I mean, it's just passing or they got a question or whatever. That's cool, but. Certain things I, I, I prefer that she do. I'm more, I like to be in the background. Um, so a lot of times, if there was a tenant issue, if I if they see me out, like say the tenant see me out and I'm going to my car, let's say I'm going to work or whatever, and they got a problem with something, I'm like, hey, you got to talk to Kendra. Yeah, yeah, she, she'll handle that for you. And, <laughs> you know, it became a, a, a system where we made, we kind of, uh, subliminally, I guess, forced the tenant to only talk to Kendra about certain things and me about certain things. Well, it was, uh, like they would talk to me about everything and then mm -hmm. I would come to you. I would say to them with a lot of the things, well, you know, let me, um, let me get back to you uh -huh. on that. I try not to say, let me speak to Ramon because then, or, you know, um, then it kind of makes the level of competency look off. Uh, I'll say, let me, you know, let me uh, discuss, you know, with if let's say if it was, you know, electrical or something like that. Let uh, me discuss this, or you know, uh, we'll we'll figure this out. But it was always we us, uh, never you know just me. We'll figure this out, you know, or we'll get back to you. So yeah, because you know, like you said before. You know, you be walking somewhere and the tenant want to stop you, and you like, hey, 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 I ain't got time. Right. You know, me, I, I, I'll sit there and talk to him, listen to him for a second, and then I'll be like, all right, <laughs> yeah, we'll handle that later, or, uh, you know, call or email us, and, you know, we'll take care of that, whatever. No, but it was Sometimes, <laughs> it not was all not the time. not that graceful. Sometimes, yeah, you know. But, you know, in a sense, you know, I wasn't a total ass, you know, but sometimes they, you know, they ha they make it sometimes your tenant will make a habit of every time they see you they have an issue right and so i true. wanted to get that you know get rid of that like if you see me just say hey how you doing all right how you doing don't 
tell me something wrong every time you see me. You know, we've had the tennis like that. Yes. So um, we try to train them in a way to where, you know, like you said, they'll tell you certain things, but you'll say, you know, let me think about it. Then we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll decide, okay, how we want to handle it. Um, and, you know, it depends, you know, because, you know, and it kind of depends, too, if your tenant is a, is a male or a female. Because me talking to a female tenant, what I say may come out a different way right. than when you say it. Right. So, you know. She may think that you're aggressive mm-hmm. or you're being insensitive. And not to say all women think like that, but uh, that's what we found a lot of times, even with the ones that were supposed to be strong and independent they would be like, well, he isn't listening. I don't feel like he's listening to me. So it yeah. just kind of worked out better. Yeah, Kendra, I took Kendra to go over there and say, you know. And, you know, she could tell them the same thing I said. But it's going to sound different coming from her. So, you know, and then the same thing with the man. Sometimes it sounds better coming from a woman. But if it's something that needs to be said, that there's need, there needs to be emphasis put on that. I'm going to Ramon because we did yeah. have to do that with mm-hmm. one of the tenants. He got to talking to me all crazy. And he forgot that I used to know how to fight. So, you know, I had to let, I had to put him in his place like, hey, you better, uh, you better put your, uh, your mouth back in your face. <laughs> Stop talking to me crazy. And, you know, it was like, let me get my husband over here. So you talking to me right now. But when yeah, you so talk to him, it's different. She about to me in all kinds of fights with the tennis and all that shit. <laughs> That's why I had to be like the level it. And that, you know, the funny thing is, when you're single, like I said, everything you do is kind of that first impression. You can't say or do something and then come back and try to take it back and do something different. Where I may say something or do something that the tenant don't like, but Kendra can come in and smooth it over. And we'll still get what we need done. So, you know, if I say something a certain way to a tenant, Kendra could come back and say, oh, you know what, hey, listen, all right, this is what we're going to do. You know, and it might smooth everything over and the tenant is cool. And it just, it's just kind of how you play. It's a game, unfortunately, but um, sometimes you have to play. Sometimes you have to do that, you know. And like you said, if a tenant is being real, you know, obnoxious uh, and belligerent, um, sometimes it takes, cause when, like I said, with me, I don't have the patience. She don't either, but <laughs> I don't have the patience for certain things. And when it comes to business, um, and you know, the tennis like that, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, when I go, it's done after it's that. It's done. Yeah. And I, I don't want to talk about it. There's no nothing. So there's been a few times I've had to do that, but she, Kendra, she was really always the advocate. No, we shouldn't do that to them because that. And I'm like, listen. Even man. if I didn't like them, I try to be as pragmatic as possible. Yeah, you want to call it that? Because these some of these tenants was crazy. Like they was, <laughs> they, they were doing they, some, some crazy stuff. And I was like, oh crazy. man, no, they got to go. You know, she's like, no, no, we should, you know. And then it got to the point where she's like, yeah, they got to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, remember what you said. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it just it's a good way. Like I said, if you're a couple. There's so many ways you can play it, you know, the good cop, bad cop. You know, um, she might look like the bad guy one time. I might look like the good guy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty much how it was. It just depended on what it was. Yeah. It, it, the situation always changed. Mm-hmm. Like some tenants, you know, they like me. Now, I'm not going to let you have your way, but it may be a situation where Kendra come in and say, no, you can't do that. And then they come to me 
And I'm like, well, what did Kendra say? Oh, she said you can't. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't do that then. See, because I'm not going to go against what she said. You know, you got to both be on the same page. And like I said, if you're single or if you're just by yourself doing this, you almost kind of have to do everything right the first time. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You kind of don't get no do-overs because there's some tenants you slip up one time and they'll just make make everything hard for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, with the good cop, bad cop. Tenants will try to play that. So if a tenant comes and stops Ramon and says something to Ramon and he says, okay, you know, he's just, most of the time he's just listening and he's like, okay, you know, I'll get back to you. Um and then we talk about it. But before we talked about it, that same tenant may stop and say something to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening because I can't, I know that, I don't want to say I can't make decisions, but it's not prudent for me to make a decision without speaking to Ramon first. So I'll say, you know. That go hey. both ways. Yeah, both ways. Um, so I'll say, well, you know, we'll get back to you. Well, Ramon said... And then I'll sit there and I'm like, oh, you know, uh, that's happened a couple of times. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Well, if that's what he said, then we'll go to just go with that. But what do you think? No, if that's what he said, we'll just go with that. But if it was something, um, more than likely, if they said that Ramon gave them an answer and it was an immediate answer, I know they're lying. <laughs> I know they're lying. So that's, you know, I'm I'm letting them know, okay, you lying. So whatever he said, whatever you're telling me he said, that's what we going to go with. I'm going to call Ramon in the background and we're going to speak and discuss. And then whatever decisions we make, then I'll get back to you. As long as you both, as a couple or partners, mm-hmm. as long as you both end up on the same page. And, you know, because you don't want to be in that situation where you tell them one thing and then... The other person tells them something, they're gonna go with one they, you know, the best decision they like. Right. And then if you like, well, hold on, I, I didn't tell you to do that. Well, she did. Now you're now you're feuding. Now look how that looks to the tenant. Right. You don't. They don't. They don't need to see any strife because uh-huh. they'll use that that moment of weakness. That that <laughs> that'll try. never go away. Uh-uh. They'll try. So uh, all right, let's move to the next one. Uh, we call this the do's and the don'ts. Oh, the do's and the don'ts of being uh, um, living on site. Well, the do's and don'ts of, of being a couple, of being Man- managing as a couple, you know, versus single, um, and it's kind of the same, I guess you could say, being on site as well. Um, what would you say is some? Um, I guess we probably touched on a few of these already. But what would you say is some don'ts as far as uh, managing the property? And this probably really applies to couples and singles. And singles. Um, I'm going to start with the do. Okay. Be friendly. Be a, a, a good, a great listener. Listening is an art, so learn the art of listening to the tenants. Because sometimes they're not always saying... Well, they are saying my toilet is broke, but there's other things that they're saying to they, you know, that you really have to be receptive and just, you know, interpret the information in a certain way. I'm just using the toilet as an example, but 
you know what kind of situations you're dealing with. So please be a great listener. Be friendly. Do not be their friend. Because the time will come that something will magically happen in their life. And it is going to affect their rent, which is ultimately your money. Um, oh, so, yeah, yeah, so you want to make sure <laughs> that you um, are friendly, but there is there's no friendship. It's just an acquaintance. Mm. You know, I'm hello, how you doing? You know, small talk. The weather is like this. Did you hear about that happened down the street and around the corner? You know, because you are neighbors. But some people take it, oh, there was this horror story where I, I read something about this guy. He it was in Seattle. He had befriended one of his tenants, and the tenant couldn't pay him. But uh, it came to the fact that the tenant started a fight with him um, when the tenant was intoxicated, and the landlord was defending himself and ended up going to jail and getting sued for fighting the tenant, although the tenant started this fight because they had a, you know, they had a friendship. They would, mm-hmm. they were drinking buddies. They would fish and they would do all this other stuff. Um, it was crazy. That's a no no. Yeah, that is definitely a no no. That's just one bad situation. But there, are, trust me, there are many. There are so many because the first, it, it seems like the first thing that happens when you become that tenant's friend is somehow the rent gets affected. Uh, <laughs> the man, rent. I ain't got the rent this week. <laughs> you gonna be like, oh, okay, that's cool, man. Just give it to me when you got it. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a thin line because you you want to be friends with your tenant in a sense, like you want to be friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be approachable. Right. Uh, but you don't want it to be. You don't want to be too friendly to where. They feel it's okay to not give you that rent. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you need that rent. So um, you don't want them to be too friendly to feel like they can do things outside of their lease. Play the music, you know, loud at 2 o'clock in the morning. Have several people over just, you know, partying all the time. Leaving trash in the yard. And, you know, parking on the yard and some crazy stuff like that. Like, you know, our tenant, well, one of them, they used to give us like a... Vegetables, vegetables and fruits garden. and stuff in the garden, you know. I ain't eat none of it, but I don't know if you did. But, um, you know, and that was nice. Don't get me wrong. But then it was kind of like they will always follow that with some other crazy You know, they dog coming over, <laughs> you know, pooping in the yard or uh, him getting, one of them getting drunk, being outside yelling and stuff. Like, they was taking a step forward and three steps back. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you, you want to be approachable. You want to be friendly. You know, you see your tenants, hey, how you doing? You know, you small talk. Because, you know, sometimes they need that. You know, sometimes they want to know that it's just not a, a transaction. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're still here to provide a service to you, and let's give you a place to live. And, you know, a good place to live, you know, where you don't have to worry about things being fixed and things like that. Um, but at the same time, in return, you have to pay rent. And when you become too friendly with tenants like that, that's like you said, that's one of the first things that's going to be up for dispute. Is they're going to feel like, oh, man, you know what? I could pay the rent, but I'm trying to get this new car. And uh, cool. you know, let me yeah, let me just tell them, hey, man, yeah, I ain't got the rent today. 
um, can I give it to you, you know, in a couple weeks? And, you know, <laughs> you ain't going to get that money. You're going to have, your friendship, that, that's going to be gone. It's going to be out the window. And you're just going to have several problems. So don't don't be too friendly with your tenants. It, it, it'll never work out. Um, one of the other don'ts, and a lot of people don't know this. Kendra, I, I think we spoke about this, but you was like, uh-uh, I don't care. But I read about this, and I I believe this. And you do not want to, if you live on site, this is my opinion, you don't want to be buying new things and letting the tenant see it, specifically new cars. Oh, no, no, no. I totally agree with you on that. Okay. I thought when I yeah. first said it, he was like, no, why? You got the money. We got the money. We can buy our car. No, that, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe I thought you said that. No. <laughs> no, no, no. So, I totally agree with you. I thought I always thought that was stupid for a landlord to be pulling up in their best and finest vehicle. And, you know, I read a book. Um, it was called... It's a big yellow book. I can't think of the name. Landlord One Hundred One or landlord. Scrupulous Landlord, something like that. Very good book. It was, I mean, it was real simple, but like the way that he, you know, put everything in the terms, it is really this. If this tenant is paying, you got tenants paying you rent, and let's say they struggling to pay you that rent, you don't know it, and you pull over in this new, you know, this new Mercedes Benz. Now you might feel like, well, I work for you. You know, we did a lot of stuff to get right. this car. I, we deserve this. Right. The tenant is never going to see it like that. Ever. So. You're a slumlord. You're taking uh, all of our money. And you could be one of the best owners. You know, anytime they got maintenance, you fix it. You know, you keep up your side of the yard and, you know, and you you make sure they do it. You know, you're a good owner. But the fact that you got a new car and they don't, and they may be having a little rough times, they're going to look at that like, oh, you know what? He don't need my rent. He got a new car. So you're going to have issues with that. So, you know, we never bought a new car. We still got the same car we had uh, almost seven years. Mm-hmm. Still rolling. You know, um, let the tenants buy their new car. That's, when they, that's what they want to do. We have tenants that bought new cars. And I'm like, who? I'm cool. I'm good. I'm happy for you. Um, I just hope you had that rent next month. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got that new car. You know, you, this you, is right around. Don't don't come here talking about you ain't got the rent. And I see that new car sitting mm. there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna say nothing to you until you know you laid on that rent. So, um, you know, buying new cars or like anything that just look expensive, excessive. If you're being excessive, like um, anything that's really really flashy. You know, you don't, I mean, you, you have to be very cognizant of how it looks. Like, you got to kind of step out of yourself and say, okay, this is not a good look. By any, if you want to buy yourself a new car, do it. This but, is a very controversial topic because there's some people who, who don't, they feel like, no, nah, mm-hmm. I can. Because the owner who who uh, owned the building right across from us, he had a new uh, Mercedes-Benz. He always they didn't live there, so anytime he came to cut the grass, maintenance, whatever, he pulled up in the bins, you know. Now I don't know if his tenants had well, an issue know, was, with that. His but. one of his tenants, she was really nice and we would just talk about things that would go on in the neighborhood, but she she, you know, was kind of feeling a little salty about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
he got these people living upstairs and they got roaches and I've asked mm-hmm. him to spray and he put he and his wife pulling up and now if you got more than one car don't drive the nicest car anybody in business knows that mm-hmm. like um for instance uh one of the ladies that I was in um ran with women in real estate mm-hmm. she uh she was saying that the people who cut her grass would pull up in this raggedy beat up truck and one day she saw him at the store or something and he was like in this beautiful luxury vehicle you know out in Seattle mm-hmm. or Bellevue you gonna be driving something nice and she saw him out there and she didn't know who he was at first because she was so used to seeing him one way <laughs> now our tenants they would see us with holes in our jogging. But you wouldn't think well, we had a dollar sure. in our pocket. I didn't. I didn't care because, like you said, <laughs> I I don't want you to think you know we got money or anything. I, you know, we're not flashy people anyway. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, things that we could have went out and bought, we didn't right. because it's like, well, I, that I don't want. I don't want to create another issue that we don't have to. Right? You know what I mean? Like everybody want nice cars. I'm not hurting if we don't go get it. Right. Um, you know, and even if you don't live on site, like you say, if you just come in and do maintenance or cutting the grass, like your tenants is seeing this. So if there's ever an issue that they have and they feel like you don't handle it the right way, that's going to be the first thing that pop up in their mind. Oh, you a slumlord. Even if you not, that's just what they're going to conjure up in their mind as an excuse not to pay you rent. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, like Warren Buffett. You know, he's from our from our hometown. This man been a billionaire for how many years? And 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 drove an old truck, old beat up truck. And a Lincoln. And, and, huh? And a Lincoln. And and wore overalls. He didn't he I looked like I had more money than this dude. But was a billionaire. You know what I mean? So it's you don't have to be flashy. Like I I, I know there's a, a kind of this thing where people have to show people that they have money. And you don't, you know, if you're securing yourself, you don't, you don't got to do all that. Right. You the owner. <laughs> so that, that should say enough. You don't need to go out and buy no new car, you know, just kind of show people you got something. If you own the building, they know you the owner. You got to have something, you know what I mean? So um, I, that's just our opinion. Like I said, everybody's not going to agree on that. Um, but I think you save yourself uh, some trouble and headaches if you leave the nice stuff off-site you know you don't let them see that not um, if you live on site wait until you move yeah you know and you know then you get your nice stuff but always keep you even our mentors remember mm-hmm. they drove their raggedy man listen, to their property he, they didn't he, drive he dressed nice like car. i did sweats and you know jeans and he did shoes look beat up you know what i mean like if you seen this dude you would think this man ain't had 20 dollars but let me tell you you know, I've talked to him. He's like, man, I can go out and buy a Bentley today if I want to. You know what I mean? Like, that spoke volumes to me because I, I just saw this person who was secure with himself where he feels like he knows, look, I can go get that if I want to, but I don't need to. Right. And they're doing you know, very well. Very. I mean, look, you know what I mean? Well off. Um. So, like I said, again, you know, to each his own. But uh, I would suggest to not do it. Um, you know, if you want to save yourself some headache. Um, all right, so our last last little key point is basically just um, communication. How to how to effectively communicate um, as couples, you know, single owners, 
you know, you're going to talk to yourself. Uh, you know? Now, I think when you when you talk about effectively communicating That's as, also a single to the tenants, person, yes. as a single person, mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily talking to yourself. <laughs> you're like, hey, man, what are we going to do? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it's just, you're like, oh, my God. She crazy as hell. She crazy as cat stuff. And like, I'm moving out today. You <laughs> <laughs> do crazy. Um. I think it's effectively communicating amongst your team. Like if you have a team of maintenance people or, you know, a virtual assistant or a regular regular assistant, or if you have any group of people assisting you with, you know, the um, ample work that you will have, you have to learn to effectively communicate because if you do not, you messing up your own business and you're messing up your, which potentially could be messing up your money. So you want to mm-hmm. make sure that you are very, your no means no. When it comes, when a tenant asks for something or says something, one thing that I, excuse me, that we both learned is if it is something that we have to, you know, give a quick answer for, which was very rarely, it was always, you know, we'll speak, you know, We'll think about it and get back to you. But if there was something that needed a quick answer, it was, please refer to your lease. And that was a way to effectively communicate because it's not only your oral communication, it's also what you write. Uh-huh. Um, so you, so. What you saying that lease has to match. Yes, exactly. So when a, a tenant sends you a text message, um, you want to make sure you're referring to their lease. You're not making any assumptions about anything. You're very clear. Or if you have to say, hey, you know what? Let me review, da 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 I'll get back to you, you know, and, and take a picture of the lease and send it to them. That's their answer right there. Or if it's an email or a voicemail. Now, with voicemails, I don't like to leave detailed voicemails unless it's something like, okay, I'll be there at 1030 or something like that. That's about as, you know, as detailed as um, as we would get. But it was mostly, you know, doing things in writing. Because if you always want to have in the back of your mind, if this goes to court, what do I have to protect? If you're a single person myself, if you're a couple, what do I have to protect us? Yes, because... Uh... Anything you say, I think we said this before. Anything you say, cannon will be used. <laughs> yeah, cannon in will a be. court of law. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, it will though, cause they, hey, listen, you gonna get to that judge. He gonna be like, uh, "What'd you say?" So no, but anything that you say to a tenant, you should always keep record of it. Um, and we did, you know, Kendra was very diligent about that. Um. You know, any kind of conversation that either I had or she had with a tenant, we noted it. You know, hey, on this date at this time, we talked to this tenant about such and such and such. So because you never know when it comes up, you know, where the tenant said, well, you didn't tell me that. You can go back and say, no, I did. On July 18th, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, at 345, this is what we talked about, you know. Um, but especially just, just, just effectively communicating, like you said, with everybody, whether it's the tenants or contractors or whoever, um, when you're single or you're you're a single person that's uh, managing a property, 
your best friends are, you know, is your team, uh, and 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 is your programs that you're using to to help you manage your property, because you know, it is a lot, uh, and like you said, if you make a mistake, it's all coming down on you. Um, if you have partners, it's coming down on both of you, but you may do something that the other person may catch. Because there were situations where, you know, Kendra might have, was going to do something that I caught, you know, before it happened mm-hmm. and vice versa. You know, so that's really like the good thing about having somebody, you know, to work with. Um, but you do want to, you know, just make sure that you're communicating effectively with each other um, and your tenants. Because, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, everything you say can, can be held you can and will be held against you know against you in the court of law because uh <laughs> hey there's a lot of lawyers too now that i mean they're really fighting for tenants mm-hmm. you know when you talk about these landlord tenant laws like and i get it I, I agree totally that you know tenants should have um the right of representation because there are some there are some shady slumlords. yeah there's some real we've met some Ooh. there's some real shady slumlords out there but I think it, it, it gets misused, like a lot of things, where the tenant is the one that's, you know what I'm saying, the, the problem, where they don't want to pay rent, or they're always complaining about something, or something you always got to fix. It's just something about this tenant, and you'll have a lawyer who's fighting for them where you're going to end up. There's places in, in, or the situations in, like, Seattle, where the owner, the let's say a tenant was having issues or the owner was having issues with the tenant, the tenant would go to the to a lawyer. That lawyer would look up that owner, find out what they own, and they'll say, okay, this is what we can do. And he'll go to that owner and tell you, look, if you don't settle this with this tenant, this is what we're going to sue you for. This is what we're going to try to get. And then they would kind of have, because of all those laws they enacted, they would have that owner in such a tight spot that they would just say, listen, just give the tenant this amount and we'll we'll let it go. And sometimes oh, that was like five, <laughs> six, seven thousand dollars. And, and you ain't a, gotta pay rent. And so that's what I'm saying, because as the owner, you oh, like, well, God. if I don't, especially if I'm in a landlord state, uh, I'm sorry, a tenant, a tenant state, state, I might end up having to pay way more than that, just depending on what the situation is. Because they have so many rights. Um you know, now, if you're talking about a landlord state, it's the other way around. Now, we are by no means saying that tenants don't deserve rights. Everyone deserves rights. But when you try to take advantage of a system and you know you in the wrong, but you're trying to make excuses. And I don't mean you. I mean, the tenant is trying to make excuses as to why they should not pay for something or presumably rent. Or if they damage something on the property, that's usually another big one too. If they damage something on the property and they don't want to pay to get it repaired and that damage was caused by them. Um, and then they go to an attorney and the attorney, you know, um, assists them in, in some sort of retribution that is unfair to this landlord, you know, that that is being scrupulous. That's, you know, making the necessary repairs um, you know, very communicative and, you know, caring, you know, does a great job of caring for their property. Um, 
some some tenants, like I said, that's that's where that friending they cross that line with the landlord and they take advantage of that. They'll get that attorney and say, Hey, you know so and so told me this and that and the third, you know, or they pulling up with a new vehicle and I, I can I can barely pay my rent. It is not that landlord's responsibility to make sure that you pay your rent. Mm-hmm. It is the landlord's responsibility to make sure that you have a clean, safe environment. And what that means when we say clean, that means there's no, you know, trash outside or, you know, there's anything no that's not of the tenants doing. Doing. So, yeah. like you say, like mold. If the tenant didn't put get that mold, you know, that's up to the owner. They mm-hmm. have to make sure that get that gets removed. There's no holes in the roof or, like you say, anything the tenant did not cause, it is for the owner to fix. Right. But if you as a tenant caused it, you broke it, you fixed it. So, hey, that is, uh, I think that's enough. That's it. That's all. That's the end yeah. of our show. The couples. And if you're single, don't feel bad. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel like, hey, I, I don't. I need to go find a girlfriend or a boyfriend so I can buy a property. No, don't no. do that. Just, you know, build a team around you. You know, if you if you are a single person. A strong team. Build your strong team. You know, people, preferably people who are who have strengths that's where you're weak at. Um, because you don't want to be doing everything by yourself. That takes time and money. And it, it's just not going to work out. So um, if you're a couple, again, communicate, 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 communicate. So uh, I think that's it for the day. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Slow Wealth Podcast. That is Success Lives on Elevation um, with Ramon and Kendra. Mm-hmm. We thank you again so much for listening to our podcast. And please subscribe, leave comments, questions love us aka like us um where they gonna find us at oh we're on facebook you can listen to us on google play apple Podcasts, aka itunes (laughs) and spotify again as our uh, motivational quote goes you want to make sure that uh, your happiness does not depend on what you have or who you are. It solely relies on what you think. Thanks again, folks. We love y'all. Au revoir. See you next week. Peace.